Okay, this is the obligatory warning. So welcome to Uneducators. There's two things. Chris likes to swear a lot, uh, so just be warned. And secondly, that we don't represent our employers in any way. We are talking off the cuff about how we think education should or shouldn't be done and quite possibly talking about it from an idealistic point of view. So bear that in mind. We hope you enjoy this uh, episode. Sorry about this. It's all right. You want the metronome on, don't you? So you can... Then <laughs> I can complain. Uh, you can right, sp- no, then you can now. speak in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be so funny. Um, hello, internet. <laughs> this is our recording. Um, so, still our video. Okay. <laughs> I am not a robot. Finally, finally, finally I'm ready. Uh, clear clipboard. Finally working on the brands for the School of Design. What the hell? Go away, illustrator. Trying to turn off all my internet things so that oh, we can it. Yeah. do this. Good idea. Probably. I'll quit like a few Notion. Things well. Like Notion uses quite a lot of stuff. BB Edit. Okay, Safari. Just show you this really quickly before we start, which means yeah. you're going to have to te- oh. let me share my screen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I can do Sons it. of security. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done it. So, can you see that? Yep. Um, I so, that's in... Um, Figma. Oh, Figma, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I sent this to... This This is the level of sketch fidelity I've been sending to Jasmine. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so, I'm kind of like, you know, over here we need a calendar. Um, you know, because if you look on the screen, she's got Slack there. But that's what's on the homepage. Um, and so, we have the brand over here. We have the calendar over here. And then these are our sort of mentoring tiers, right? Yeah. Um, and so I give her literally that and then she could creates this. I think we actually talked about it in the last episode, um, but it's amazing. I mean, her understanding is great. Anyhow, I, um, showed, I sent, sorry, I'm leaning away from the mic, so I have to lean back in. I sent her this, or she sent me this. I, I briefed her last night that I was running a, a sketching interfaces workshop for two of the people I'm mentoring at the School of Design. Um, and I just said, look, you know, we're not in a rush, um, but if you could just draw me your version of the same page that fits with the home page, but for the mentoring page, um, and she's kind of put it over here and I'm like, no, we need to change this to a calendar looking thing. Right. So it's maybe got like, you know, days of the week or things checked in or something. I don't know, but it's similarly abstract. Right. Yeah. And she's got this four, 4%, only 4% of startups. This needs to be bigger. It's a little bit too small at the minute. It's a wee bit lost in there. Um, anyhow, you got your one-to-one mentoring and we've got these three, you know, 400 pounds. She's just put half day workshop in there because I haven't given her any copy. Um, but the 400 pound mentoring is like, I don't know. We haven't worked out the pricing yet. Um, I'm struggling with the pricing at the minute, if I'm honest with you, I've been getting some mentoring advice from, from Andrew uh, Foster, who's a coach an executive coach. Um, shout out to Andrew. He's been awesome. I've been helping his wife, Jane. Uh, with a new business called Adopting Positivity. And in return, Andrew has been helping me. Um, It's been really interesting. And, you know, his immediate approach was like, you're undervaluing yourself. Mm -hmm. This, your prices are too low. You need to increase your prices. And I completely understand what he's saying. He asked me to list uh, the reasons I was doing this, what motivated me. I don't know where it's a piece of paper lying around here somewhere. And he said, what motivates you? Why are you doing this? And I said, well, you know, I want to share knowledge. Um, You know, it it frustrates me when I see someone who's maybe, say, 30 
and I see them making a really basic mistake and I think, why are you doing that? Uh, you know, and then I, you know, I jump on and say, hey, do you need a hand? And I kind of explain something. You would do the same, I'm sure. Yeah. And they go, well, you know, nobody really taught me this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If that's not how you do it, here's how you do it. And then they're like, whoa, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And you may have made some small change. Um, so like I was mentoring somebody recently, they were charging 3,000, 3,500 for a gold necklace. Uh, and, and I, so that's so gold necklace, gold's quite expensive. Yeah. So she, she was charging 3,500 for the necklace. And she asked me for some feedback. What do you think of this? And I rewrote the letter and, you know, at the end she'd suggested like, you know, 18 karat gold would be, you know, just three and a half for the materials, never mind the, the labor. Yeah. And so I, I'm just assuming that's too expensive. Um, and so she hadn't even worked out the price. And I said, well, you're making a really big assumption there. I mean, maybe maybe they would like it in 18 karat gold. Um, and you're just like writing it off. So I rewrote that and said, you know, the cost for the 18 karat is 3,500, but that doesn't include the labor. Um, but if you'd like me to work out a price for that, I will work one out for you. Um, so we left it at that, right? But the three and a half thousand, I said to this person, look, if someone's gonna spend three and a half grand on a gold necklace, you know, they're probably gonna spend four, you know? Somebody who's at that kind of level is prepared to support craft, yeah. um, you know? And I think you could probably make this price 3,800. Um, and I wish I'd actually said 3,900, um, cause I was trying to keep it under four. Um, and you know, like if you said 3,950, it would look a lot like you'd rounded that price up. Um, and I said 3,800 and 10 minutes later, I got a message back saying, thank you so much. I got that, um, contract or I got that, uh, commission at 3,800. Hmm. And I looked at that and thought, well, if you apply that kind of thinking to the rest of your work, um, you know, this could be making a difference to your salary of thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. over the course of your life. And a lot of this stuff just isn't taught. And so, you know, when Andrew asked me what was my motivation, I said that, right? And then sharing knowledge, um, I said, you know, Mavens, have you read the Outlier, not Outliers, um, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell? Oh, at some point, talks, yeah. He talks about mavens, people who love sharing knowledge, you know. So you'll know like a TV maven or an internet maven or a music maven. And th these people just want to talk to you because they love what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I just said that. And he said, at the end, he said, you know, what about money? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, money. Yeah, for sure. And he was like, yeah, that's really an interesting to me that I asked you why you're doing this and you never mentioned to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I said, well, yeah, I mean, of course I want to make some money. He said, yeah, but you didn't list that as your motivators. And he said, so I think you're undervaluing yourself. And I was like, so that's what I'm struggling with at the minute. Well, I, anyway, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's good not to list it as a motivator, obviously, because I'm on the same bandwagon as you in that sense that money is not important the be all and end all yeah yeah it's you know it's not you've got to have it to to exist in this world but um what you know it, and it's like that you know we talked before about that video about you know you do what you love and and keep doing it and then you know the money will follow in that sense you know so do what you want uh yeah. first and then see but yeah i mean i would say looking at this like i'm i know these aren't finalized things but i, would, I my instant reaction was that it would be you're way undervaluing yourself because i've done work i've done half day full day workshops with design no these are not workshops it's really really bad these are not uh, okay. workshops these are just um she's just copied and pasted the text 
Okay. Um, so these are not workshops. Workshops will be different. Um, for a workshop, it might be that per person, right? Yes, that's what I was um, thinking. That's just, what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is just one-to-one mentoring, and she's just copied the stuff, then, right? So, what, where's um, that? But what? How do you? What do you get? You get one-to-one mentoring. Is what does that? What does four hundred pound get you? At this point, that's point. my question at the minute. Um, what I had initially was I'd said I will just do this at a discount for the first hour. So for seventy-five quid, mm-hmm. right? You can jump on for one hour with me. Um, we'll do a bit of discovery. I'll ask you some questions and you know what it's like working with me. It won't be an hour. It'll probably be an hour and a half. Right. Um, you know, and, and during that hour, I'll be saying, you need to go and look at this and go and take a look at this. And oh my word, are you doing it like that? You shouldn't do it like that. And it'll be an action packed hour. And then if you decide you want to go for one of the packages, let's say you decided to go for 400, that 75 quid would be discounted off the 400. Mm hmm. So you'd pay three two five, okay? Um, so it actually almost would benefit you to go for the seventy five pound hour because you're almost it's getting a free up, yeah. session, right? And to me, that was like an intro session. Then there was four sessions, you know, like one the first week, one in the second week, one two weeks after that, and then one three weeks after that, and then one month after that. So it's getting a week longer every time. We would then have a debrief, and I'd say, "Here's what you need to do next," and you'd be like, "Okay, this is cool." Um, you know, okay, so I'd let, like to pay. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this as an example, and let's say that you stick to your time, and so it's an hour. It's definitely an hour, right? <laughs> okay, because I first thing I think with all of this is you have to stick to your times because I know what you're like, um, and yeah. I think it, otherwise it gets unfair because some it might get unfair. For example, some people might and you might end up chatting and going over that time because it's something that you uh, you know really get your teeth into and that maybe mm-hmm. that might become an unfair situation so i think you've got to stick to your time but let's let's take it to a, an as an example so right i'm i'm building a software product right and i think mm, mr murphy could definitely help me out i'm going to give him 75 pounds for an mm-hmm. hour of his time what what is going to happen what's the next thing that happens i send you i sent you i said oh i'd like to talk to you i'm doing a software project and I'll kind of send you 75 pounds. What happens next? Um, you'll get a slot in my Calendly. Um, so when you go and book a Calendly session, you'll pay by Stripe, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that will put it in my calendar, I'll get the money, etc. And uh, you will then get sent a link to a questionnaire that will ask you some questions like, you know, where are you? If you're doing a startup, for example, it would be like, you know, are you early stage? Are you seed funded? Are you, you know, series A or, you know, or, you know, is it just an idea? Where are you at this moment in time? Because so that'd be useful so for me. So it's a series of, que- it's a questionnaire that asks to tee up some things based yeah, on what yeah, I yeah. might want to talk to you about. Yeah. Yeah. And then there might be sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, are you confident about your design skills? Because it's mostly aimed at designers. Sure. Um, that's who I'm working with at the minute. Are you confident about your design skills? Is there anything you think you're weak at? Is there anything you think you need to learn? And let's say somebody answered that question and said, yeah, typography's always been a bit of a weak spot for me. I'd be coming into that meeting saying, okay, you need to go and get this book, uh, Matthew Butterick's, uh, sorry, you need to go and get support Matthew Butterick's work at Practical Typography. It's very, very good. You can read it online for free, but support his work because I think he's doing a good job. Um, you need to get the elements of typographic uh, bloody blah by Brings, Bringshurst because yeah. uh, that's like a classic text and you need that in your library. And then you probably need Ellen Lupton's um, you know, thinking with type or whatever that's sure. called, uh, you know, and, and I would be able to come into that meeting with some really pretty good recommendations as to what you need to do next. 
And would also, I, would I would be I able to do... Would I be showing stuff at this point, or would we just be talking? No, this isn't still in the questionnaire. Oh, okay. So you're coming along, and I'm, I'll be, we, I'd be starting off the meeting by saying, okay, looked at the questionnaire, um, started to think about things that we need to cover. You said you were weak on typography. Um, I'd like to see some of your typography. I'd obviously email you before the meeting and say, here's what I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like to see some of your typography in case you're being too harsh on yourself and your work is actually amazing. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And if your work wasn't amazing, I'd be, you know, I'd be saying, okay, well, here's where, how we need to address this and here's some people that you need to go and read. And I'd be coming in with a list of those things and I probably wouldn't waste too much time on that because sure. that's more of a signposting exercise. But what I would also be doing as well would be pulling up my own typography materials and saying, you know, here's my type stuff. I'm going to run through this deck super fast. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just really quickly zip through it and explain what we talk about. And then if this looks interesting to you, we'll build this in as one of our mentoring sessions in the future. And then we'll just have a conversation. Okay. And so at the end of, and, that, so at the end of that conversation, I've had, I've had a great conversation. I think, oh, no, it was pretty good. £75 yep. well spent. Um, what happens next? What happens next? Is... Say I just leave. I'm like, well, that was really good. Thanks, Chris. You know, I, and I don't, you know, I say it might be good to, to talk again. Uh, and then I, then I go. <laughs> That's fine. I, you don't need to come and talk again. One hour could just do you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's absolutely fine. And because I want to help people, I'm quite happy to, to, you know, to make it like that. What I'm trying to do is weed out people uh, who I get questions all the time. Hi, I'm running a startup and so-and-so told me I should talk to you and I have no money. And I'm like, great, well, go talk to someone else. I mean, how would you sure. feel if you're running your startup and everyone who came, who you had in your customer profile came to you and said, I have no money? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, do you expect to be paid for that? Yes, you do. So maybe you should pay me too. So, you know, there you go. And if people are like, they don't want to spend the money, I'm like, fine, you know? So what's the teaser to get me onto the next phase though? So I've done with 75 well, pounds. I, th I think a big part of the teaser is that you're going to get 75 quid back essentially. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so how I was pricing this originally and, you know, Andrew's probably going to kill me for saying this, but he, he was like, your prices are too low. I'm, I'm going to really talk about the prices that he mentioned, but... You know, for me, it was like £400 is four sessions and a debrief. Sure. Right? And then you've got your free session that you just had. So for 400 quid, you're getting six sessions. Yeah. Okay, which I think is actually really reasonable. Oh, no, totally. I think I do. I also think it's underpriced. That's that too low. It's 67. Yeah. It's a bit on the low side at 67. So maybe what I need to do is I need to put the price up from 400 make it 495 or something yeah i mean f yeah i mean i can i i mean it's difficult to tell isn't it because i'm not i don't i don't work i don't work as a designer and um it would be different i wouldn't necessarily tap into this for training for the things i want to do necessarily but no but 495 is a better 495 is a better number well at 500 pound um, price point if you say if you're just under that it sounds it sounds okay but 500 sounds yeah. you think well, i think instantly i think that's half half a thousand pounds so then it starts of course, to of course, expensive. and you know, but there's some people who I've seen this recently. There's some people, you know, Paul McCormack, mm -hmm. uh, who you know, had tweeted um, to say, um, you know, great resource for the students. And this guy had put together this guide on psychology, and it was kind of like you know all this different psychology stuff. And somebody had commented on, and I had sort of, um, 
I think I'd said something like, thanks for the heads up or something. Mm -hmm. You know, because I generally wouldn't ignore the team, right? Yeah. And I'd said, thanks for the heads up. I'll take a look or something like that. And Kyle, I think it said something like, this looks amazing or something. Anyway, months later, or in fact, I would even go so far as to say years later. It's probably more like years later, two or three years. Nicholas and I were chatting, uh, you know, from the Standardistas. Yes. And he said, hey, um, you know, and to answer your question, blah, 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 blah. And he said, oh, and by the way, you were kind of, you know, you were kind of tangentially referenced here. And he sent me the link to the reply to Paul's tweet, which was like three years later. Okay, so like a, quite a long time. Yeah. He'd said, I really hope you're not teaching this. This is utterly immoral. Um, and then this had sparked off a really long conversation between two different designers, not Paul, no one else was involved. It was just other people where some guy was saying, you know, this is really immoral. I think it was the person who'd published the original thing, the psychology guide, who'd said, well, that wasn't really the intention, you know, um, you know, and it sort of sparked off this whole thing. Anyhow, the whole thing is sort of, you know, I'd looked and thought, what are they arguing about? Because um, it was, I was trying to find out where am I mentioned here? Um, and where I was mentioned was I'd replied to Paul. That was literally it, right? And Paul hadn't even seen this conversation because it had taken place like three years later over here yeah, yeah, in yeah. response to something Paul had said. <laughs> and somebody else had then tweeted to say, uh, who was a teacher who'd said, I really hope this is not something that you're teaching. If so, I think that's disgraceful or something. And basically, they were, it was to do with the morality of using psychology to okay. raise your prices. It was like, well, if, if we know that we could charge something at 500 pounds, and you would be thinking, well, that's half a grand, but we could charge something for five pound less, 495, and people would be thinking, well, that's not bad. Yeah. You know, that, that's immoral. But that's what that. that's what every shop does. It's two ninety nine, three ninety nine. That's the thing. I I mean, in my mind, I've I've trained myself to round it up. To make, this go, was the okay, psychology of persuasion, you know. And and I read it and thought, um, I would teach that actually. And I thought I can't be bothered with having these arguments actually anymore on Twitter and stuff because see if I pitched yeah. in, see if I pitched in and it. said, look, you know, we teach our students to make a living and how to make a living. And we certainly teach them about the psychology of pricing and we teach them all about these kinds of things. What we don't teach them is that dark patterns are a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we teach them that those are bad things. Um, and I wouldn't class this under the category of dark patterns. No, I would so, class no, this I, I under the category of like pricing your work, right? Yeah, and it's also um, understanding people and that kind of stuff. You can decide where you take that in that sense. You know, I think that's about knowing how people respond to things. And if you're business is is about selling products which lots of businesses are then go with that i mean i literally i today was uh, afc wimbledon's brand new shirt release day <laughs> so i was stressing all day waiting for the new shop to appear i'm like come on where's the tops um but and i've, I've bought more tops than i've ever bought for a long time because they're so good they've got so mm -hmm. the designer has referenced so many things to do with us going back to Pinal lane and all this kind of stuff anyway mm -hmm. the main thing is though i think those shirts were like 48 pounds or something each right that doesn't but surprise I, me but i was like but i'm not thinking i'm not thinking 50 quid a pop i'm just like yeah 40 you know whatever for but why are they priced at 48 well it's not okay it's not going to stop me from purchasing it because i'm going to buy it whatever the cost actually because i know why i know that money goes to the, my club and all this kind of stuff and and i want those shirts for various reasons because of lots of things but 
the, the price of we could spend a whole episode talking about why you want those shirts. Yeah, we could, but we the could price also of spend a whole episode saying, it, aren't they? Just say, let's just get, let's just get a top. You know, for those who are on the edge, why yeah. not? You know, and I think that's. I don't. I'm not saying that's. You just need to be aware of why that motivates people to press the buy button. And if you're designing well, well, digital products, well, I, yeah, that's what it well, is. Well, I, yeah, what I thought was interesting about the conversation that had been had was that you know my perception of that was. You know, before I saw this side conversation was, you know, we teach our students to make money and we're not ashamed of that. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're like, you know, and we've, we've had some run ins with some fine art people over the years where, you know, I, I think I told you maybe about Johnny Campbell on the Masters where, you know, we used to teach the Masters in Design beside the Masters in Fine Art yes. or it was Art in Public. And, you know, they did these rambling presentations, one, one of which I actually lost it afterwards because she just opened f photos. Uh, which I believe at the time was called iPhoto. And she just clicked randomly through her photos for like half an hour. And, you know, it was supposed to be a 10 minute presentation. Okay. And um, Dan was like, well, Chris, do you have some thoughts? Uh, I wish he hadn't said that because I literally went off on one. I was like, <laughs> well, for starters, it was meant to be a 10 minute presentation. Um, and you went 20 minutes over. And I said, and that's discourteous to your colleagues. Uh, it's discourteous to me, it's discourteous to Dan, and it's discourteous to everyone else this a, in this room. So, because, sorry, Chris, this is a presentation on a master's, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, yeah. it, not really very a BAI, I have a massive timer that counts down, and when it gets just like, you're done. Yeah, we do as well. <laughs> we, we do as well. Um, and, you know, I said this is disrespectful to people's time. And I said it's also kind of, you know, you're breaking the rules here. You know, and the, because they were fine art, they were like, who gives a fuck about rules? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're here to question the rules. And I'm like, of course, I totally understand that. Um, and if you'd done a really interesting presentation for half an hour that was designed to, to do something like that, yeah, to break, question to time or, or, whatever, yeah. or something, yeah. you know, I'd be, I would 100% support that. But that wasn't what it was. She just hadn't bothered to time it and she was a bit lazy and she just rambled on. And then the other thing I said was also, you know, don't open up your photos and just start clicking on things because it feels like, you know, that dreaded holiday snaps thing where someone says, oh, I'm just back from Greece. I'd love to show you my holiday photos. And they spend three hours Four going hours through the photos and you're, you're, like, you're just like, oh God, I can't live anymore. This is too much. Yeah. Um, you know, and I said, just take the photos that you want to show and put them into Keynote or PowerPoint, you know. Or even into an album. Whatever, yeah. you know, it's going to make it like, you know. And so, you know, Dan, I think Dan thought I was a little bit harsh, um, but I was like, this is a literally ridiculous. I cannot believe this is so unprofessional. Uh, anyway, about 20 minutes later or something, Johnny, who was, who was, you know, part of the Brewbot team, he got up and he said, well, I want to talk about Seth Godin. And, you know, I read such, such and such and such and such by Seth Godin and in it up came on the screen, turn strangers into friends and turn friends into customers. And I was like, yeah. And all the fine art people were like, this is disgusting. <laughs> it became really apparent that we um, we were not on the same plane when it came to pricing. By the way, you're still sharing your screen, so I can only see you as a tiny thumbnail. It's freaking me It's out. okay, because we need to finish this conversation. But going back to the, um, the, the pricing no, thing. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Fine art students are are need to make money, and I'm sure, and they do very well when they sell their their artifacts and whatever. So, I think it's okay to turn those friends into customers. They did not really understand that. 
Um, and they didn't understand that. Look, I don't really want to get drawn in too much about personalities and stuff because that's my past and not my future. Um, you know, if, if someone has spent their entire life teaching you and saying money is really, really bad and, you know, we want to try and do stuff for as free as possible and blah, 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 blah. You know, I've got no problem with that. But at the same time, these students need to be told the truth. You know, I, I said this to them when they were horrified about this Seth Godin quote. And I said, well, you know, some of the most highly paid people on this planet are people like Damien Hurst or the people who manage the estate of Andy Warhol yeah. or Roy Lichtenstein or, you know, go and look at the world of art, fine art, and you will find some of the most ridiculous sums of money changing hands for paint on a canvas. And so you cannot honestly tell me, you know, that artists do not charge this kind of money. And I also kind of wanted a crystal ball to look like 50 years in the future when, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I was like, you know, it's all, you know, money for everybody, communism, no fees, grants or shit. The poll tax is dreadful. I mean, still think the poll tax was dreadful, but you know, as you, as you get a bit older, your political persuasions change. It just so happens that we have a neoliberal Tory government just now that everybody hates. Um, you know, maybe that's a bit too much for our podcast, but anyway, there you go. <laughs> I, I, my pricing model, now I've just changed it. So it's 495. If you yeah. just go for the straight five sessions, okay? Which, like, anyone would be insane to do. You'd be better off going for the £75 session that you get back if you upgrade. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you had the £75 session, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah, you've got um, an hour and you've, you got, know, so you've got some money in the bank, in a sense, to yeah, buy the rest and in the future. So if you bought the rest, um, yes, I would have no update... Um, Maybe maybe I would put a, a limit on that. Sure, like a time because um, you time have you've got to be doing. Yeah, you've no way of knowing. Like, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, you could find. Well, it would probably be twelve months because yeah, you could yeah. find in a year's time that you're. Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, maybe you're unwell, or maybe you're just really busy because your whole thing's taken off. I mean, yeah, it'd have to be within a fine. certain time frame. Um, but if you did the seventy, if you did the four nine five, it's roughly a hundred pound a session, um, for five. But if you do the £75 and then you upgrade, you're paying roughly £82.50 a session. Yeah, it's cheap. It's good. That feels to me like what you'd pay uh, a therapist. Yeah, and... I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you, uh, yeah, I'm thinking if it's one to one, you know, like 40 quid an hour would be standard sort of thing for our level of expertise, I would expect. And one to one. 40 quid? No, I'm no, saying, yeah. But that's for like yeah, a, maybe in a group sort of scenario. One okay. to one. Double that, like that. Even that still sounds cheap, but you know, yeah, I think that's at least yeah. If someone wanted to spend an hour of hour of our time for eighty quid, that's pretty good, I would say. Andrew's and especially if it's focused, you know, it's like you know what mm -hmm. their business is. You're going to spend sixty minutes discussing with them, bringing your exp expertise to the table for eighty quid. That sounds still sounds cheap to me. Uh, it does, know. and Andrew's prices were much much higher. Sure, um, and I. You know, I tweeted or I messaged my friends, Ben and Laura, and said, just out of this session and, you know, pr before this was the price, after this is the price. Fuck you. If you don't want to pay me, then fuck off. You know, and then the next day I was in the Ormo Baths in Propel and Ben said, how do you feel about the prices today? And I, I looked at them and I said, oh, I'm a bit torn because I feel like these prices would work for some of my clients at the minute who are companies, but they might not work for individual people. What, okay, so and I think there's a couple of things though with that. It's like 
I'm, I'm going to keep using the word cheap, but I'm, that's not oh, that's not appropriate. Really. It's affordable, which is yeah. really good. Um, is that your dog? Yeah, I think the kids must have just brought him back from a walk. This is in the garden. He's probably seen one of our cats. Okay. Something, and I've got the window open. Yeah, um, affordable and cheap is 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 a good way to. Yeah, yeah I think this is afford. It sounds affordable, but would you not have a sliding scale depending on the the business? You know, if a one, if I'm an individual, a sole trader. And I come to you for a one-to-one. Why wouldn't I pay less than if I am embedded in a large organisation for a one-to-one? Because my boss has suggested that it will be good, tra- you know, good for me to get that additional training or handholding. Do you know what I mean? So you, so you think that if somebody come in from say um, Gucci, uh, the Gucci design department, or you know um, Chanel, yeah. that they should be paying more than someone who's younger and doesn't have any money. Yeah, it's the same as like maybe community, community like um, charities and whatever. You can you have different different price models for them. Only if it, I mean okay. if, it's, if if the guy in Gucci wants to do it off his own back, then yeah, pay the seventy five quid. But if if Gucci is saying you should, very hard for you to police that kind of thing. I know you I... know because you you would be saying look, just go and tell him you're doing this on your own. Don't tell him I'm paying for it. Um, and I also but have then a that's moral... when that's when Gucci Gucci have become immoral. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also have a moral problem with the whole idea of a sliding scale. I'm not okay. saying I have a problem with the idea of low bono work, where you say to sure. somebody, "This is what it costs," and I understand your situation. What I'm going to do is give you twenty percent off. Yes. Is your window open? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's not going to help the situation. I've um, <laughs> I can see that. I'm going to sweat. I, you know, of course, for me, the idea that somebody could afford it, you know, if they couldn't afford it, there'd be some kind of a discount. Yeah, I, I want to do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, a lot of things that, right, that, that discount has to be contact. a limit. Yeah, there's a thing where it says, you know, if, you know, if this is, if you want to do this, but because of various reasons, you can get in contact. And so you can email the people and say, hey, look, I'm on, in, I'm on unemployment benefit or whatever. And then you can get a special price. Um, yeah. So maybe this, maybe it may, okay, maybe it's better to go the other way in that sense. Make it like generally affordable. And if Gucci want to take advantage of that affordability, fine. No, I'd rather do it the other way. I'd and rather then do this it, is the yeah, price. so push it the other way. So it's like if you are struggling or you're in a, um, an ethnic minority or you work within a charity, then you get these very, you can have various tiers of discount in a percentage wise. That would probably be the easier way to do it, wouldn't it? Because then they have to, they have to prove that they're in a, a low income or a disadvantaged situation that would and then that would work and that would enable you to reach out to those people which i know you want to reach out to so and so would you include everybody who's black and ethnic minority uh yeah so regardless of your background you could be middle class you could be black you could be yeah. you know your mum and dad like own a posh house etc um yeah and the and same if you're a woman all women get a discount. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. Not necessarily. It's tricky that one. I mean, you'd have to have mm-hmm. a look at your. You'd have to have a look at your your metrics in terms of the of the, the roles that female and women are playing, and then consider how you support that. Because, um, yeah, I would do that. I mean, you could see. I know in terms of like the middle class, whatever. Again, this is a, this is a ridiculous football thing, but. Um, uh, Robbie Earl was quite a famous Wimbledon football player, um, and 
he now he now moved he's moved to America for various reasons and he mm-hmm. commentates on whatever. But he was basically a, a while back talking about obviously foot, he commentates on football and lives in America, and he's a wealthy you know guy wears a shirt and tie, and and you know he, he but was still discriminated on the streets just because he was black. You know, so. I know I totally understand that. I totally. Well, that's why that, I'm saying that's why I open it up as like. For everyone, in that sense, I, I don't think it ma- the yeah, background in yeah. that sense doesn't matter because the discrimination happens no matter what. Whereas okay, more, okay, so what you're what saying, saying is that, yeah, so what you're saying is that if you're a black and minority ethnic from the BAME community, yeah, yeah. You, str- you struggle daily, regardless of your wealth or lack of wealth, Correct. with um, lack of inclusivity, lack of diversity, etc., ergo you can get the discount yeah because oh. i want to support more people like that moving into our industry exactly yeah. i do have a problem with women being a blanket included in that because I, you know, I know what you're saying. there's a lot of students who i teach who are probably the majority are women mm-hmm. um you know i'd say there's more women than men yeah and that's why when that's why when i gave advice to my head of school last week when i was leaving was look i don't know how you make this work but I've been saying for years, we need to employ a woman member of staff um, or, or a black and minority ethnic member of staff that, because we have a team of three white guys. Yeah, but so I think, but that's what I mean. I think that's a, it's a sort of the same argument. You know, I obviously do a lot of work with women in games. I'm about to launch a big thing with women in games. We have a mm-hmm. huge number of women on our games course in comparison to other courses because we've gone out of our way to express it in a way that is attractive and shows that you can be a woman and work in the games industry mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you know the fact that we are and myself you know we have these conversations we're like oh there isn't many women working in this department there isn't many women working in this area that to me mm-hmm. again suggests the same issue is occurring so to help encourage that and to get them into those various roles then there still needs to be a level of um Support. Support. Yeah, I understand that, that. You know, so I think, you know, you could say we need some more women teaching interaction design. Well, how do you get into interaction design if the, the barrier is the same? No, 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 no. I mean? That wasn't the point I was making. I understand what you're saying, but that wasn't the point I was making. The point I was making was, you know, when HR were drawing up the shortlisting rules for a number of jobs. Because sure. um, I'd say that interaction design has been running for something like seven or eight years. Certainly my team. Um, in terms of IMD, the DES team teaching design, we've been on the go for quite a long time, like t- maybe 15 years or something. Yeah, yeah, you've been um, You know, time. and every single person who's been employed on that team, Ian Fleming, white, middle-aged. Nicholas Person, white, middle-aged. Me, white, middle-aged. Paul, white, middle-aged. Kyle, white, maybe not middle-aged, but a bit younger. Richard, white, middle-aged. Tim Potter, white, now. Sure. Sorry, Tim, middle-aged. Gabe Muldoon, white, middle-aged. Every single person looks the same. And so when we have been drawing up our shortlist for a number of years with HR, I've been saying, I know you're going to say no to this, but could we insist that this role is only for women? And the answer to that was no. Yeah, of course, you can't insist that. But you you can add caveats, can't you? And you can write the spec and the things in a way that's open and say we would encourage applications from this this area this area this area Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but but still you're not you know if you said look we we only are looking for for a woman here um you know you'd open yourselves up to all kinds of problems no of course yeah i'm I'm talking in the university here yeah you know yes and i don't know what it's like in the private sector i'm new to the private sector again because i've been in the private sector for a long time but 
you know, as an no, employer. No, I'm, I'm not sure of the rule. There are obviously are rules, and those will yeah. be governed by the legalities of the of whatever country you're in. I'm sure, but I guess so. I guess what I'm saying is that if we understand that whether, whether you're BAME or you're a woman, that you're currently in the practice the creative fields or whatever, you are likely to have less advantageous roles. Then something like this should give opportunities for those people because they're going to you know they might be in low they might they because we know for a fact that some of these people are in the same roles as white men and they're getting paid less you know and so if they want to take advantage of your your one you know your wonderful uh mentoring they're gonna they've got less money in the bank so i mean i guess that's what i'm saying i mean it's down to you to yeah, work the pricing I out but i do saying. think that yeah it's working out like ways that you can help and support the things that you feel positive about uh, and but make it affordable for everyone. I, I don't think what you've suggested is unaffordable for anyone anyway. What I'd of... rather do what I'd rather do with somebody um, who was from that category would keep the price the same but offer extra mentoring. I'd rather do it that way because the price yeah, establishes a, a certain baseline, you know, and you know, below which I'm not really prepared to go because you know, no, I only have a, a little amount like of time. That. I quite and like and I'd, pr- I'd prefer to do it the other way where, you know, overall your price is actually coming down, but everyone's paying the same. Yes, that is quite a cool way of doing it. Saying, okay, and, and, everyone and, pays and, this is the fee, but if you fit yeah. into this category, you're, you know, you're working in a charity, you get a bonus mm-hmm. half, you get a bonus half day or, you know, you sit in the bame, you get a bonus, whatever. And you could, you could, um, and that maybe that bonus would be actually, um, Negotiated with the on the one to one thing, negotiated with that person. Yeah, yeah, so that's it's actually what really useful that, for them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking That'd is that cool. you know, you let's say somebody signs up for the seventy five, you have an interesting front front loaded discussion, then they pay the the difference and get the four nine five, and then they have the sessions with you, and within like two or three meetings of mentoring somebody, you do sort of learn quite a lot about them in that yeah, space yeah, of time. Yes, exactly. Um, because it's very difficult to yes, you know, you conversations you don't just yeah and you could be saying to somebody okay look what i'd like to do with you is um we have this system and you're you know you're welcome to to turn it down um but you know i'd like to offer you a bit of extra coaching and a bit of extra mentoring um and that will be absolutely no price because i want to support as many people as possible yeah um you know and i also want to diversify our industry exactly and i am prepared that's the i am prepared to put my money in to that or my time in to that but don't forget that the other part of the business as well, uh, the other thing I haven't told you yet is um, there's some a point I want to make about the screen here, which is why it's still sitting there. Okay, so um, well, well, before uh, go wait, before let's make that point, let's yeah. make that point. I was going to oh, say what did I you got to do. Well, I was going to say we try to do this thing where we're more organised, which we're not, obviously. No, but the, the, we're like what half, I wanted we're to halfway say, through, so I want to do like an I want to do our ad break so that we know that we've okay. done halfway through. <laughs> That's oh my, my word. Support Adam yeah. at Adam. No, it's no, not. I'm going to. Um, I'll do it. I'll do it, Chris. Right, you do it. You so do we, it. we've decided that because we we need to keep to the hour, and we think that if we have an ad break halfway through, and we don't, we're not even into adverts. But that's the funny thing about it. We're going to advertise the things that we do. So there's two things that we do, and there's two ways to support them, or at least one that's active and one that's coming. So we've got the school of design. Which Chris is no, running. no, no! You advertise no, your one, and no, I want to. I want to. Oh, come on! Let me talk about yours. Oh, what? We have to do it the opposite way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's oh. do it the opposite way around. Could, could we have a bonus company each week that we mention who we think is doing good work? Of course. Okay, and then we swap around. 
Yeah. Okay, you go, you go, you go with the right. School of Design. So Chris is, yeah, Chris is building the School of Design. It's currently in a beta phase, but it's there's exciting moments coming. So as far as I understand, a Kickstarter will be kicking off rather soon, which will allow you to join the first cohort of members of well, the, well, the School of Design proper. And so that is something to follow. So the place to go and look at the stud material for now, which is currently all free, is theschooldesign.com and that will take you to a notion library which lets you review look at all the material and some of the things that chris obviously knows a lot about if you then sign up for the kickstarter or the various things that are coming then of course you'll get access to chris himself who's got a a decade plus and maybe longer of educational <laughs> experience and business experience like the thing that chris does really well is he, he connects what you know with who he knows and how those things can work together and I know that he's well connected so it's about getting your skills sort of industry honed but using those design thinking skills to push that industry that you're in forward so yeah keep an eye on that and definitely just go and check out the website schooldesign.com to read about all these wonderful things that, that Chris has put out there already for you to look at so that's our book awesome. one um, Avert 2 is, well, first of all, like we say every week, you have to go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Procterbot, P-R-O-C-T-E-R-B-O-T. And and make sure that Adam has more than two friends. Holy moly, I need to get that done today. That's got to go, that's got to go right to the top of my list um, to support the work that Adam is doing. Um, Adam is busy making Node Noggin. And what I like about Node Noggin is, um, well, for starters, at the minute, there's a lot of interest in network knowledge, um, you know, and making links between things. And, you know, that's why I think we're seeing explosions of things like Rome. Um, uh, I think I was approved as a Rome scholar, by the way. That's not part of your effort, but something we could discuss another day. Um, so that's things like Rome or, um, oh, what's that other tool that we've been talking a lot about? The clean one, Obsidian. Um, but what's 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 look at Obsidian? It's all really neat and tidy, and everything's really sort of clean, and the interface is all. Whereas what's interesting to me about Node Noggin is it's really messy, and the emphasis is on much more sort of like fuzzy logic and connecting things together, but in a much more messy way. So Adam likes to use the word tinkering. Um, and Cara and I have a real issue with that because it means um, the traveling people in Northern Ireland and in Ireland, I think. Um, so, um, but he likes to tinker as a designer. I think we talked about it in episode one or two or something like that. Um, so go support his work at Node Noggin. He's doing really interesting things. He won't go on Twitter. Um, so you're only gonna find out about it here. Um, so there you go. The company I'd like to feature this week, yes. okay? Um, and maybe they should be something to do with education, is, can you still see my screen? Yeah. It's Disco. Have you seen Disco? No. Okay, so Disco, make the most of your day, learn on the go with audio courses, okay? okay. See, if you were on Twitter, you'd have heard about this, because I've been tweeting about it for the last few days. We produce beautifully designed... I've heard about it now. I'm going to put it on my blog, so then more people We produce beautifully designed, easy-to-digest audio courses, and we're starting with machine learning. So I paid for like episode one or something of machine learning. I thought I was paying for the whole thing, right? Um, and I think that Saron has changed. And I'm not sure if it's Saron or Saron or what. Um, she's a woman um, and very interesting, doing really interesting stuff. I paid for episode one. Uh, I think it was episode one or course one or I don't really know, but I thought this sounds really interesting because it's not diving into code. It's like the principles 
Um, and for me, as somebody who's involved in design um, and who's involved in technology, you know, I think machine learning is really interesting, but I'd like somebody smart to explain like the high level concepts to me so that as a designer, I can start to connect the dots a little bit more effectively. Um, anyway, I think that Saron is in a similar point to where I am in terms of prototyping. Uh, you know, everything is a prototype. And the, the, the model kind of changed. So um, now it's, uh, you know, machine learning bundle. So I kind of paid for a gentle introduction to machine learning, right? Okay. This one here. Um, but it's not, that, that was like just really episode one almost. So if you pay for the machine learning bundle, you're gonna get a kind of like high level overview of machine learning. How do machines group data and draw conclusions? How do autonomous vehicles drive themselves? How do machines identify hate speech? Hmm. And this is all narrated nice. by Saron Yitbarek. And again, I might be pronouncing this all dreadfully, horribly wrongly, but I just think it's a really good idea. And I messaged her yesterday and said, look, I'm, you know, we're doing a podcast about education, but this is totally different. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. It's like using a medium like podcasts, you know, where if you love podcasts, I think you're going to love this. Um, and she's in sort of startup mode. I think she just launched her app yesterday, possibly. Oh, wow, okay. And I think the fact that so many kind of people are saying, you know, the most simplified, I highly recommend giving this a try. She has a business model, which is like $15 a month. Um, yeah. you know, for like two audio courses per month um, or a one-time, you know, eight audio courses, $59. I paid yesterday. Um, I think I paid for this. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I, I, pay, I paid for the first episode. I paid a, a amount of money for that. And then yesterday or, well, I think it was yesterday, I paid $29, which was half price yesterday before the launch window closed. Oh, really? And what was interesting was I, two days ago, I was tweeting about it and saying, this is really good. It's half price. It's a limited period of time. You have to get into this. I, you know, and I made a note in my mind of sort that, pay for that later. Because I was walking past Belfast City Hall at the time when I was tweeting it. Uh, and then I totally forgot. Yeah, and then I was like, ah, I totally forgot to do this thing. And I must have sneaked in just in time. Um, so I managed to get it at the discount. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I'll, I'll share what I learn with listeners to this program because I think it's really interesting. And you can get it at heydisco.com. H-E-Y-D-I-S-C-O.com. So there you go. That's, that's our That's cool. Outbreak. That does that randomly connects to something I was shared today, which I just think is worth just touching on. But it's... Um, it's a website called uh, Magenta. I think the website is... Magenta. The, yeah, the website is magenta.tensorflow.org. But I'll just tell you the start of it because I was looking at it because it had this fun thing. But the basically it says, what is Magenta? Magenta is an open source research project exploring the role of machine learning as a tool in the creative process. And what I, sh what I shared today on my blog was this... Um, Amazing. I know, it sounds cool, right? I see, what I shared on the blog is this thing called Lo-Fi Player, which is like an, it looks like a sort of retro 8-bit um, video game, but you're in a room, and you can basically arrange your room with instruments in, and it's basically to create some sort of music room, and you can make your own thing. I haven't even played with it yet, but it, just the idea of this machine learning being this creative tool for creating, yeah, mm. basically, their, main, their focus is around music and art. 
Which it's described great. as a, a magical room where you can interact with music and have fun. Yeah. Explore the possibilities by tinkering. They're obviously into your... Hey, um, you see? With the objects in the room, read the blog post. That looks really interesting and definitely something I will be uh, tweeting about. Yeah, sure. so, I mean, but machine oh, learning is so, yeah, nice. so interesting in terms of what it could do for creativity. So, yeah, and that, that thing where people can get their head around these... Because machine learning sounds complicated, but to be able to yeah. get an introduction to it in an audio, audio form that explains it simply sounds great. I'm going to definitely check that out as well. Yeah, there's other topics that she talks about, um, and I can't remember them off the top of my head. But there wasn't a topic on the list. It's quite technical, most of it. Sure. Um, but then, as I said before, it's not technical in the sense that you don't, you're don't, you not coding anything or anything like that. It's explaining it to you in a clear and easy to understand mm -hmm. way. And for me, I, I just looked at the list and thought, all of these things I need to know about. Um, you know, because for example, I was teaching today, I was mentoring one of my um, students, or I don't, I don't like the word students. I need to find another word mentees apparently is the learners? is the normal word that you use but okay. i don't really Learn like mentors like mentees it's learners uh, isn't it surely learners yeah learners maybe i should just call them that anyway i was mentoring one of my learners earlier um and you know i was trying to explain to her what gpt3 was um you know and actually i should have said to her go and pay for some of this it's actually not that expensive and you'll be up to speed on what's happening in terms of technology and where technology is going i think my my reading of it is that Saron will explain all of this so that you can confidently go and talk to another developer and say, well, you know, if it, you know, machine learning might be something that we could look at that's interesting, um, you know, and like, let's talk about how Facebook modify hate speech using machine learning, because yeah. I don't know if that's what they're talking about, but you know, there'll be big examples. No, I think you're right. That's it's the thing of a lot of this stuff is being able to have that, have that conversation with confidence. So I talk a lot yeah. to my, you know, to the game design students. You know, obviously they really want to learn coding and whatever, but it's like, but this is a team, you know, this is a team sport, you know, everyone has yeah. to work together. And what's more important than you learning that, you know, to a knife's edge is that you can have a conversation with someone maybe who's spent three plus years purely focusing on computer science. But that conversation you can have with them because you have an understanding of those things to a level. So it means that the design and the overall package of the thing is going to become better. And I think that... That for me is a big piece of a lot of this stuff. It's just, you've got to wrap your heads around some of this technology, but it's not about being able to build the thing yourself. It's about being able yeah. to have a confident conversation with someone else with the level of understanding of saying, okay, I've, you know, it could be this. And I've had, I mean, you've done the same, Chris, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Loads of conversations where I know technically what could be done, but the conversation shouldn't be technical. It's more conversation, okay, what we want to try and achieve is this. And if you mm -hmm. go down the, actually, a lot of the time, if you go down the real technical route, you kind of get bogged down in the details and don't get the thing yeah. done. Whereas I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the stupidest, simplest way to make this thing happen? You know, if we want a pinball to bounce off the walls, like, let's just come up with a stupid way of doing it. We'll figure it out later, you know, we'll figure it out later because we want to test is whether people enjoy that thing. And sometimes if you get too technical, you can just get bogged down in it. And then people, mm -hmm. you know, and you can't have those conversations that brings about a really lively product, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think the more access people have to stuff where they can, I think people need, you know, I was talking about this on another thing, it's just, it's disempowering to not know how your computer works, you know, um, especially like we've talked before, you know, they're all made in Silicon Valley by white men. So if you can actually get a bit of an understanding of that stuff now, through, you know, yeah. those kind of materials, so much better, because then you can be like, okay, I understand how this thing 
does certain things to a degree and it means that I can feel safe, confident interacting with it in the world. You know, obviously mm. it's a lot more complicated than that, but that sounds, you know, it sounds great. I, I mean, I know a little about, a bit about machine learning, but I would certainly be interested in just hearing it from that kind of level, you know? Yeah, I mean, another thing I would say here would be, um, sorry, I need, I've just launched um, my Notion because I want to show you something um, and I need to quit that. I need to share screen and then do you see the Notion? Oh, I keep quitting the blood. Sorry, I keep quitting the notion. Um, why am I not seeing it there? Oh, I closed the window. Because um, I want to show you something about the School of Design because we had a yeah. major shift at the weekend. Um, where is it? Um, oh, here it is. Sorry. Um, so, we started pulling together the Kickstarter materials. Mm, okay. Brilliant. And uh, this isn't public. This is just for me and for sure. um, for Jasmine and also for Al because I'm going to get him back into... Oh, yes, I found this really important piece of paper that I couldn't find and I've been looking for all day and I've just found it. Phew. Um, anyway, our nav used to be, um, you know, home, uh, guests. And, these. you know, we had a long discussion about this because I was like, initially I was going to call it faculty as in these are the people who are teaching. And then I thought, oh, I don't know. I, I was going to use that the word faculty because it's a bit old fashioned. Um, and then I thought, nah, that communicates the wrong thing. People will start to think that these people are our faculty and they're not. Yeah. They're more like guest lecturers or guest speakers. Um, and yes, so Jasmine not, and I had a conversation. Come back or yeah. And Jasmine and I had a conversation on Friday, and I said, like, we need to think of what this is because at the minute it's like guests. Um, and we both thought that was a good word. So it was like home, guests, mentoring, uh, beacons, which is companies we can learn from. And Ian, my mentor, pointed out some issues with my beacons because I had Hyatt Denim, I have Kano, I have Sugru, I have Field Notes. And he was like, oh, okay, so are they all, um, are they all ma making physical products? And I was like, whoa, no, because like, Disco is one. As soon as I saw that, I thought that's one for sure. Oh, yeah. Like that, that's really interesting project and it's a beacon we could learn from. And then there's other people doing really good work with software, I think, and making interesting things. Um, anyway, at the weekend I was watching, um, oh goodness, what do you call it? House of Cards? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I'd got as far as season five, I think. And the Kevin Spacey thing kind of hit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, my, like my, I loved Kevin Spacey. He was almost my favorite actor, actually, of all time. Sure. Uh, and in American Sweetheart, for example, I just love that film. Um, and oh, I was so distressed when I heard about that um, Kevin Spacey thing because it was just like it just like took the wind out of my sails. Anything by him. Yeah. Um, and so I just stopped watching a Game of not Game of Thrones, um, House of Cards. And I thought at the weekend because I got to the end of something and I thought. I'm just going to go and watch that and finish it off because I've got so far through it, you know, I may as well get to the end. Anyway, I just did a marathon kind of season six um, and we got to the end, which was a surprise to me, but there you go. And I thought, we're not doing semesters because I was talking about the spring semester and the fall yes. semester. And I suddenly thought, do you know what we're doing? We're doing seasons. So when you are in the Kickstarter, you're getting a two season pass Oh, You're yeah, getting that's cool. two that seasons. Might, that's much better. I was thinking the semester thing was not necessarily the right wording for what you wanted. A season yeah. is like so on. Like, you know, um, 
fortnight. I mean, all the big games. It's all about season. So, so wait, so wait. How Chris <laughs> told me yesterday, Chris, my mentor at, at Propel, said, you know, look at fortnight. Um, and I so I wrote this. We're not doing semesters. We're doing seasons. <laughs> my, computer, and, my computer just told me it's going to restart in fifty six seconds. No, you're not. Right. What's going to restart in fifty six seconds? My computer. <laughs> Try and install an update. No, you're um, not going to do that. Oh, my God. So um, I said, and each season will have a theme. The season's idea, which will be the backbone of the Kickstarter pitch. And yeah, actually, nice. I think our whole story, I think our whole story is about seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. You know, as we start to think about the design for the season page, let's start to look at Netflix, Apple TV. Think about how they present seasons. We're reimagining education as a, almost as a form of entertainment, a little bit like Masterclass do. Yeah. So it's enjoyable learning. Uh, and I said, so if you go and look at abstract or mm. chef's table, they're very visual. Yeah. Um, and I said, in, instead of that abstract logo there, imagine that being like a, a, a logo for this season. So there's yes. like the School of Design yeah, has yeah. a brand. Um, and maybe the way we do the typography for season one is very particular or something. Um, maybe we could actually hire somebody to do some lettering or something for the season. I'm really getting into this. Yeah, um, anyway, I wrote this quite late last night, season one. Season one is, I think, is gonna be called Rethinking Everything. Because that's one of the big parts of my Kickstarter community page that I've written, where I talk about rethinking business and rethinking society sure. and rethinking culture. And, you know, you've been talking a lot about neoliberalism in some of our um, WhatsApp messages and surveillance capitalism, yeah. etc. And I read this really interesting article on neoliberalism the other day um, and it was talking about Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and dismantling society. And, you know, I just, oh, God, it just made my blood boil. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if there's one thing that this season uh, or this um, pandemic is showing us is that, you know, business is currently very broken. Yeah. Um, you know, and when when businesses are trying to, you know, offshore their profit, um, you know, and not pay tax anywhere. Yeah. And, and then they're saying, even I, you know, I find some of what Tim Cook says a bit disagreeable as well, where he says, you know, everything we're doing is entirely Very legal. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with things being entirely legal, but if they're completely immoral, I think you have to do something about it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, this is the season one theme. Cool. Um, so, so this season, emerging, we hope from a pandemic, we explore the need to rethink business, focusing it on what really matters, putting people before profit. Nice. And that, I think, is our season. Oh, um, that sounds cool. I might join up. <laughs> <laughs> it's right um, on my street. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, you know, I showed this to uh, Jasmine. And, like, if you look at abstract, you know, or you look at chef's table, this is what I meant about the typography. You sure. could maybe do something interesting because that's kind of bleeding in when you go to chef's table. It says the next four stories. And I was thinking like the next 12 stories or something or the next dozen stories or I don't know. Um, there's lots of things we could do. But Sounds for cool. me, that was a that was a big shift because when I thought seasons, it just all made sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I, I went for lunch. I don't with think looking at Fortnite on... will give you too much information. But the idea of no, having um, yeah. that you've got an overarching brand, though, do you know what I mean? And the seasons sit within that, you know, and, and so yeah. the Fortnite season will introduce new things to re-engage and reinvigorate the players into that space. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think, again, with a lot of this stuff, like, I mean, like I do and, and you, I'm sure I've done, is this idea of, um, is get, you know, I've always said to my final year students, what you make in this year is going to be so dependent on, you know, the, the, the geography, the landscape of the world now. 
you know and that's really important because that makes it exciting it makes it passionate it really gets a drive behind it so you know it's not about making a particular type of game it's about saying what's happening now and so i think having seasons you can do that and say well it's pandemic season this is where yeah. we're at you know and so yeah. that makes it really you know i think people would jump on that because they'd be like it's about now you know and how i transform what i do around the now and to, to think about that it's great so to me let's say you know i had a really interesting conversation with jordan uh my friend and graduate jordan moore super awesome designer from dawson andrews um and he's the person who i talked about the the dead mentors idea um so he was exploring gpt3 and jordan and i were having a conversation in which jordan said and i kind of agree with him he said i think because of gpt3 you know maybe we won't even exist as an agency anymore because you know we might get replaced and I said, that's really interesting. And one of the things I've been talking in my teaching and mentoring a lot recently is, you know, you need to think beyond moving pixels around a screen. You need to rethink what a designer is mm. um, because a designer is not moving pixels around a screen. And if you're 100% focused on UI, um, you know, there's been some really good UI courses, of one in particular, Shift Nudge, which launched last week. I think it's really, really looks really, really good. Um, and he's making the usual point like, you know, you could go to uni or you could use this course and it would save you a ton of money. I would almost argue that, you know, I very nearly got sidetracked into building a beautiful UIs, building beautiful UIs course. Sure. And then I remind, remembered and I was like, whoa, 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 that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is teaching design with no qualifiers. Mm. We're teaching design as the combination of all these different things. Um, um, you know, I'm interested in you know his what the conversation with jordan where he said you know we might not even be working as you know we might not even build the websites or the apps or the whatever anymore um and our role goes further up and i'm like yeah that's interesting and to me that would be like a season that would be like a season on you know artificial yeah. intelligence and how it intersects with design and how it's going to change everything that would then change the 12 people who speak yes exactly. um exactly it just made such a difference Adam because on Friday it was like here are 12 guests who are essentially people I've got to know and would really like to to share their knowledge with the world and now it is like here are 12 people who I've got to know and think should share their knowledge with the world because they're rethinking how business works or they're rethinking education or they're yeah, rethinking yeah. you know and it's changing who I'm thinking to list as the speakers no that's I'm cool that makes total sense because so it's really better. progressive it means and also for other people, then it's like, if you if you if you enjoyed season one, it doesn't mean that season three is the same. You know, you might you you might want to sign up for that as well because it's not the same people. You know what I mean? So what you're offering is a progressive school that aligns to the the current thinking that design is being impacted by, which is yeah the geopolitical factors, all those kind of things, mm. which makes a lot of sense to keep. And that's also to keep companies like um, or individuals sort of live to the the changing nature of that arena, which is good, yeah. you know? Yeah. So to me, I see this as almost, uh, you know, I was talking to one of my students, I haven't announced this to my students yet, actually, that I'm leaving and I really need to get that letter sent today because uh, now we've negotiated the end date and everything's worked out. Um, and I also said to Paul yesterday, do you mind if I send an email to them all? And he was like, work away. And also um, episode seven is out. <laughs> I know, I know, it's all there, um, but they're not really listening to our podcast, I'm no, sure. No one is. Um, no one is. It's just the two of us. Um, well, I'm going to message. I'm going to message uh, Saron and say we're you're oh, yeah, in this true, episode because that would be really good. She's off um, the ad. <laughs> yeah, um, but oh, what was I talking about? I've forgotten. Um, 
I was talking about my students and it was my last semester and well, I forgot what it was. It was maybe Dan saying about themes or something. Oh, oh no, it was one of the students. I was talking to a couple of the students um, and I said, you know, it was Ryan. Ryan was, <laughs> I love Ryan. He's awesome. He, he, you know, he's the guy who contacted me over the summer and, hey, can you help me? And I was like, yeah, no worries. It's on WhatsApp, right? And I said, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to do this, 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 and this. And um, I got this reply. You know, I put a lot of work into it. It was quite a long WhatsApp message. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like, okay, don't do what you're doing. Change. Do this, do this, do this. And I was kind of solving a problem for him. Um, and I got a reply that was, okay. <laughs> and, I like, I left it for a while and thought, please tell me that you're actually going to write and say thank you. Um, you know, one of the NSS feedbacks actually was like, there's one lecturer who constantly tells you to, to thank him for his time, etc. And they, I don't think they realize we're paying his wages sort of thing. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just trying to teach you the value of courtesy, right? Yes. Anyway, I replied to Ryan and said, hi, Ryan. Um, hopefully you found the above useful. Yes. And I, you know, yes, uh, it was great or something. And I replied and said, here's how you should have replied to that email. Thank you, Chris. I know you're really busy and I really appreciate you taking, you know, some serious time out of your day to help me with this thing. I said, you know, you know, a big part of getting a job is being courteous. Yes. Totally. Um, you know, and this is incredibly discourteous here. And he was like, I'm really, really sorry. And, you know, never it won't happen again. And, and, I, and then I messaged him back afterwards and said, look, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. You know, I'm not, and I do not need to be praised and thanked all the time. Yeah. I'm trying to get you to understand that if other people help you and you don't say thanks, they'll be like, oh, that's a little bit ungrateful, that person. And that kind of stuff sticks to you. Anyway, Ryan had messaged me and said, can you give me a hand? And I says, yeah. Do you know what changed with Ryan? After that, he would message me and say, could you help me? I'm putting in a grant application. And I'd be sitting in the car park and I'd say, yep, you know, you've got my number, just call me because I'm in Sandfield or I'm in wherever, just call me now. And then I help him. And then what was great, because he'd learned, was that a month or two months later, he messaged me and said, hey, I just want to let you know, we got that grant. And if it hadn't been for your help with it, we wouldn't have got that money. And I just wanted to say thank you so much mm -hmm. for giving us the, the time to fill in the form. Really appreciate it. I was like, yes. Anyway, he phoned me. He says, um, I've got to get some advice from you. I've uh, Guys asked for some logos. Um, and I've said to him, you know, I've done the logos and I've sent him the logos and now we're having the conversation about the money. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wrong end, Ryan, yeah. what? I'm like, that's a wrong way, around. wrong way around. And I says, okay, how much did you want to charge him? He says, 200 pounds. And so this client said to him, I could get four logos for 200 pounds. Oh, come on. I says, Ryan, 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 you should have done this the other way around. Um, and I, I told him, you know, I was leaving and he'd phone for some advice that was the advice he phoned for he couldn't remember what it was because he was shocked i was leaving um and i said you know after we gave him the advice i said look you've got this the wrong way around that guy's never gonna pay you uh and i said your decision is just do you give him the stuff or do you not give him the stuff um but at least you've learned the lesson you need to get the quote out first um and i said to him you know what you just because I'm leaving in December doesn't mean you don't have access to me. You can back the Kickstarter like anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you got questions, you stick them in the Slack. It'll all be cool, you know? So I see this as being something that could sit alongside an education. Yeah, sure. No, that makes total sense. No, exactly. Definitely right. something to, to explore, you know? Like maybe make some partnerships with universities, maybe, and say, you know, if you want to buy, you know, 
say 20 memberships for your final years yeah we'll do a discount this is after the kickstarter because sure. we'll do a year and then it'll go to a i think it'll probably go to a per season yeah, yeah yeah i mean we do stuff uh, like that with um uk is the united kingdom interactive entertainment group so we have us we have um we're a member of those and i pay per mm-hmm. year but basically what i pay for is um, i pay per third year student that's what works okay. for my course because you know small etc some other courses will pay for every student but it means that in the final year all my students are members of yuki and so they get i mean they get loads of really really good yeah. industry related links and actually it works so well for the third year because it would be a bit much for second and first years and it's really good and we got a guy in our area leon who does it oh he's so good he just always sends really great things and so they get access to lots of free they get access i pay for them mm-hmm. to have access to effectively things like what you're talking about, a little workshop, and maybe a mentoring session, or a, thing, yeah. a physical thing. And okay, it's a it's a, it's a UK wide governing body, so they've they've got yeah. a big history and whatever. And Joe Twist runs it, amazing person. Um, mm-hmm. But you could totally go down that kind of route of saying, okay, these yeah. Courses, I mean, I was you know, kind of thinking, you know, because I had some friends who were like, you know, you're gonna, you know, dig into education and tell it like it is, and I'm. A, not really, um, you know, because I think there are people doing, you know, and I said this to Andy Budd as well recently. I said, you know, I, you know, I, I said to the team, I'm going to be a bit more vocal with my thoughts about education because I do think that, you know, the marketization of education is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think that the cost of education is a problem as well. I don't know if you listened to the whole of the Radio 6 episode, Radio 4 episode. I did, yeah. Did you? Yeah, I didn't understand why you said it's all white search because there was the lady from... The students' union. No, there, yes, there was. There was a few people to, uh, towards the end or whatever, but it just came across a bit tokenistic. Well, yeah, and most of the people they talked to of note tended to to be white men who had titles. Yeah, that's all. That, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just VCs. Great, um, great. It just grates yeah. me a bit. Do you know what I mean? And I, and that's me speaking as a white man. You know, but I'm just like, oh, come on, like, if you're going to talk about this, let's, you know. And it wasn't. I don't know. I mean, this is that's another podcast because we've hit the hour, but that yeah, that... we 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 definitely need to have that conversation. So what I think we should do is we should queue it up. We should say that it was um, Radio Four, and I think you can probably download it. Yeah, you can. Um, it was Radio Four. It was called I think Universities in Crisis. Yep. It was by Sam Gima, who used to be the university's minister before he resigned. Correct. Um, and it's about a half hour episode. Yeah, and, and you get you know, on BBC Maybe have a listen and we'll talk or, about it. Yeah, it's on BBC yeah, Sounds, we'll talk about it. or you can, BBC or you can listen to it on the website, actually, at least for the next, yeah. I think it's 30 days. So if people On the app, it, if you're in the UK, you can listen to it up to a year. Oh. Some good stuff in it, um, but it's also some stuff we disagree with. Anyway, you've been listening to Uneducators, a podcast about, oh my word, I need to get those audio recordings done. The voice talent, I totally forgot. Um, <laughs> God, i got to do that as well. <laughs> voice talent. Sorry, voice so talent, sorry. And then the voice talent, the, <laughs> the voice talent person We're only eight would say, episodes in. Oh, "Yeah." <laughs> the voice talent would be saying something like, "You've been listening to on educators, you know, a podcast about blah blah blah, blah you know." Okay, that's us. We is stop recording oh, and cool. fade that out, and then that techno music fades in that Ross did. And did I tell you that? Um,